Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Yachtcast. Yes, I said Yachtcast, not podcast. We are here in beautiful Tampa, Florida at the Digital Dealer Conference on this amazing boat. And talking about amazing boats, I have an amazing set of people that are on this amazing boat. And we're going to talk some everything and everything about anything and everything, I guess. Anything and everything that we want to talk about when it comes to automotive. Welcome to the Matador Yachtcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Um, I'm going to introduce you I, I, guys. I have April, Randy, and Sean with me. We're going to have a lot of fun today, guys. We're really going to get into it. I love coming down to the Digital Dealer Conference. I think they do just an amazing job of bringing just vendor guests and, and dealer and OEM speakers and really giving real actionable plans that people can take back to their dealership. And hopefully during this podcast, we can even enhance more of that. Uh, before we get into our topics today, I love kicking off these podcasts with a little origin story. A, because I'm always fascinated how people get into this business because I truly believe no one wakes up one day and goes, hmm, automotive industry, that sounds like a career. Um, but, so April, I'll start with you and then I'll work my way down to Sean. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the industry. Well, my uh, name is April Simmons and I started in automotive in 1996. Um, and I actually started on the banking side. So I grew up in Nebraska and people would bring the loans to the bank. And I started to get to know the finance guys at the bank. And I was like, they've got a really cool job. I think I want to do that. And so when I first moved to Arizona in 99, I said, you know what? I'm going to go be a finance manager at a car dealership. So I walked in and naive as I could be. And I'm like, I'm going to be a finance manager. And they're like, oh, that's cute. No, seriously. Let's explain how this really works. You have to sell and you have to do these things. So, um, Anyway, about a year later, I actually did move into finance, spent eight years in the box, then went to a retail desk manager and did that for seven years. And then they decided, hey, April, why don't you go uh, be in the internet? And I said, I don't know if you want me to do that. I, I still have a flip phone and I don't check my email. And they were like, yeah, no, we, we think you're the right fit. I'm like, okay. So when I went in, I decided I wanted to be the best. And now I'm at an opportunity where I get to do all things internet, all things marketing for a group and actually help all the other stores that don't get it. And, you know, that's really where my passion has been is that, you know, it's, it's hard. We're busy and we need people to help us get to that next level. And you need the time and energy of education to do it. And that's why I'm happy to be here on this awesome <laughs> yacht, which props to Jason Harris and his way of doing this, um, because this is a super fun way to collaborate. And I'm happy to be here. That's awesome, April. Thank you. I appreciate the fact that you stumbled into this business. It is definitely a huge benefit to us. Hey, Randy, for yourself, how, how tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the business. Sure. I'm Randy Kobat. Um, I've been in the industry for 23 years. Uh, right now, I'm with Cox Automotive, and I have responsibility for Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer and V Auto Inventory Management Software. Um, so 23 years ago, um, I had finished up an engagement um, for a provider of software in the industry and they asked me if I wanted to join the company as head of strategy for what was at the time ADP dealer services and now CDK um, and, and ended up spending 10 years there, there at CDK. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Hey, Sean, my brother from another mother. No, I'm just yes. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing? Good to see you. Really, really hey, good. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry. Yeah, well, um, in 02. Actually, I stumbled upon this industry. 
I was only supposed to be for three months. I was coming out of university. I graduated marketing. And um, while I was looking for work in my field, I had to pay the bills because I was on my own. So <laughs> my little brother at the time got me uh, um, uh, an interview to, uh, to wash cars at Fix Stops. So I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's not who I am. It's my circumstance. I need a bit of cash. And uh, three months became 10 years. And 10 years now becomes, I'm going on 21 years now in the business. So I started off at uh, Fixed Ops. I was doing that for about nine to 10 years. I really learned my craft. I started off the bottom washing cars, then a porter. Then I did some appointments, service advisor, service manager, sold some used cars. Then I was gonna get out of the business at year eight. And then I uh, stumbled <laughs> on this thing that has now become known as, as BDC. And I thought it was so interesting because I love data, but I also love people. And when we really started to, to understand, because I'm, I'm from Canada, obviously, so we're, we're a little bit behind. Um, so when, when we were trying to figure out what this BDC thing was, um, I just felt it was an amalgamation of actually everything I've ever done. So I'm like, this is cool stuff. So, And, uh, yeah, I've been building BDCs for uh, Canada's largest dealers ever since. That's awesome. Well, yep. you know what? It's definitely one of those industries. Once it kind of gets in your blood and under <laughs> your skin, there's just no matter what, man, you're not getting it out. It just is what it is. And I think one of the reasons for that is just because the amazing, amazing community. Mm-hmm. You know, like like here we all, all are. We have vendors. We have dealers. But we're just... We're all here willing to just to talk to each other, work with each other, collaborate with each other for just kind of the betterment of the industry. And I got to be honest with you, I'm excited, especially right now. I've been, look, I've been in the business for almost 20 years, and, and this is really, we're at a point in time that just really excites me, even though there's a lot of things that are going on right now, you know, coming out of the pandemic, or maybe kind of getting to the sense of normalcy. I mean, I didn't hear the, the, COVID, the COVID word used a lot throughout you know, this conference, which, you know, it felt more normal, right? You know, but, but you know, I think right now with the last 24 months, there's so many changes that happened to this industry. And, and, and I think positive ways, and yes, there was some negativity to it, but there was definitely some positive things that happened. I mean, you know, we're meeting customers now where they want to be met. You know, I think the, the, the final nail in the coffin that is the 12-point sales process has been hammered in, and I think that thing has been six feet in the ground now and buried in. Now we have buying processes. Now we don't just have one, we have multiple ones. There's just so many things that have changed in the last 24 months. So that's where I think I want to start today's conversation off. It's just from kind of your guys' perspective, from maybe a people or process or technology perspective, what is some of the biggest changes that you've seen happen in the last couple of years? I'll, I'll start down at this end and I'll kind of work my way over. Sure, well, <clears throat> for me what I've noticed, um, I've been waiting for this my, my entire career basically, <laughs> but where the BDC is actually up front and center. I'm not sure if you yes. guys would agree, but I've never, like, I've been advocating and fighting for BDC for, for 20 years, and I've never heard um, people refer to it or, or put as much attention on it as in the last couple of months. So I'm, I'm really excited for that, and it's kind of like I've been waiting for this. You know, I'm just trying to, prov- to provide, like, um, you know, some kind of, uh, I guess you could say, you know, bring it up to the forefront, yes. coach people. And, and I mean, right now, and I, I think you mentioned we were going to get into this after, but with, with vehicle acquisition and stuff, the BDC also now has to start evolving from book shows sold. Well, the inventory shortage has completely affected the BDC as well, right? So there's exactly. a lot of these changes that have affected us, Correct. I think, in positive Correct. ways. You yeah. know, and I think, Correct. you know, our approach for our people, the way our, we're approaching our process, and definitely our technologies. Absolutely. Um, has, Randy, for yourself, you know, what has been some of the biggest changes that you've observed in the last couple of years? 
Well, I, I think the biggest change, and I talked a little about it in my workshop this week here at Digital Dealer, is the fact that the number of used cars acquired outside of the two traditional channels mm -hmm. of auction and trade-in tripled over the last year. So wow. uh, meeting the consumer where, they're, where they are and uh, getting good quality used cars out of the service drive, whether that's street purchases, um, you know, we, we generated 1.2 million more instant cash offers from Kelly Blue Book last year than we did in uh, the year before. And so uh, significant growth in consumers wanting to either dispose of that third car that they didn't need while they were working from home virtually or um, really needing transportation and needing to get rid of the car that was kind of on its last legs. Yes. No, no, you're 100% right. I mean, just I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that we'd be having that many conversations or I would be building and developing out an entire department dedicated just to vehicle acquisition. I mean, April, for yourself, again, lots of changes. Definitely, I know, on your side. Um, what have some of been the biggest observational changes you've seen? You know, what's interesting is I actually think there's not been as many changes as we all think. I think we're just actually finally starting to have the conversation about what has been going on for the last 20 years. And now the light is being shown in all these little areas of opportunity that have actually been there for a really long time. You know, we talked, we've been talking a lot about acquisition and fixed stops. That's MBDC. Those have been kind of the three primary conversations, but I've been talking about them for 15 years. You know, I was showing the fixed ops guys 15 years ago that 70% of our sales ad budget actually drove fixed ops business. And I could prove it. We could look at analytics and say, look, here's the goal they completed, which was to schedule a service appointment, right? So I think that the, the opportunity now is so great for some foundational movement to go back and say, hey, we've actually had all these cracks for a really long time. Let's take this opportunity to fill those cracks. And acquisition's another one. I mean, I actually, about four years ago, so we're talking pre-pandemic, I started to watch what I felt in my CRM was trade appraisals going down. And I said, well, why are trade appraisals going down? And it went back to where I'm gonna be, this is so weird, people say, April, what's your secret sauce? And I'm like, well, I take what's worked forever, which you said was in the ground. And I'm like, well, the 12-step process really works. It's just in a different way. So when I first went into internet, that's all I knew. So I said, okay, I just need to sell myself, sell the dealership, do all these things that I was trained to do, but I need to do it in a digital fashion. So when we start thinking about the Foursquare, well, where does the Foursquare now start? It starts on your website, right? It starts in these conversations that are happening before people come into the showroom. So if I have a trade-in tool that is so old that I'm telling you that your car is worth, you know, five grand less than you're gonna see anywhere else, then of course they're going somewhere else and selling it somewhere else, right? Like people didn't stop going to 20 some websites. If anything, they're going to more. So if we want to really capture our business, we've got to do a better job of being that one-stop shop and being more open about that out of the gate. And I feel like that's been the biggest transition is at least the conversations now in those key areas of BDC, of internet, of vehicle acquisition, all that space is now starting to have, have some legs to it, which is great to see.
Oh, 100%. I, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it's exciting to see a lot more conversations. And it's exciting to see not just conversations, but real operational strategies. Mm-hmm. You know, real budgets being built around these. You know, I mean, let, let's, get, let's get into vehicle acquisition because it, it touches everything. It, it, it touches the fix ops. It touches the BDC in a big way. It touches the people and the technology. It, it is, I, I, I'm such a big fan of it. And I think there's still a lot to be learned. And I, you know what I hope? You know what I hope? Is that all this amazing change that we've created around vehicle acquisition doesn't die off. Mm-hmm. Like this is this amazing snowball and it's just kind of building momentum. And I'm just, my concern is that inventory levels get back to normal. They're like, okay, that was fun. You know, and, and they're like back to business. So, you know, let's let's kind of get you guys' perspective and thoughts in the vehicle acquisition department from a people and pers- from a people process technology perspective. Sean, I'll start with you and I'll kind of work my way down. All right, well, you know me, it's, a, it's about people always about people first right so one of my mentors in this business um used to tell me to this day remember a fool with a tool is a fool with a tool (laughs) right so (laughs) so well i mean and and the day he said it i was just like yeah thinking about it so i mean we could put all the tools in place um but if if we're not coaching our people if if we're not doing it right i mean there's a difference between training and there's a difference between coaching right Mm -hmm. so um i think personally right now I believe in <clears throat> what I would like to refer to as like circular economics. Never before have we seen more profits in our vehicles. What I would like to do and what I'm advocating uh, in my dealer groups, because I do a lot of con- BDC consulting, is um, <clears throat> basically to redeploy those profits into training and coaching and get ready for what is coming. Because the fact is, and, and you'll probably correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, because you know a lot more about this than me, but I don't think that we're going to go back to the norm, if you want to call it, anytime soon. That's a good point. You know, a lot of us are waiting for that. Oh, in three, four months, when 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 when, um, when the industry booms again, I don't think it's going to be three or four months. So I'm all for like incubated ecosystems. You know, like, like if, if you have like used car managers or or like the the newest salesperson, instead of firing them, like put them in the BDC. You know, mm-hmm. let's 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 use the BDC as an incubator, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and create new idea. ecosystems. Because I think, before I shut up, <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things, yeah. Um, but I think we have an opportunity right now, like what more needs to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think the COVID situation has kind of leveled the playing field for everybody, mm-hmm. regardless of budgets. Yes. Right? So I think uh, we need to reinvest in our people because April said it before, we could do a better job. But with a 47% churn ratio in our industry, Maybe we need to start there. That's a, yeah, like you're 100% right. I mean, Randy, for yourself, I mean, when I think about, you know, technology and processes are only as good as the people that are actually going to be utilizing them. You know, vehicle acquisition, I know there's so many different topics that we can kind of attack it from. How would you like to come at it from a tech perspective, process, or a people perspective? Yeah, um, I think the first thing that I would want to talk about is the process. Yeah. Um, because you could give the same car to 10 different appraisers at the same store and come up with 10 vastly different numbers. Um, So, you know, we can say that it's a people issue, but without giving them a good, clean process, you talked about the 12-step sales process. We don't have a 12-step appraisal process. So we've been focusing at Cox Automotive a way to create a consistent, repeatable process that gets more accurate valuations on every car that you bring in. Now, the positive is that when you have that repeatable, consistent process that all appraisers follow, and you keep track of that in the technology tools, then the coaching discussions become much more robust Mm -hmm. because you can 
eliminate those that were on strategy and only talk about, you know, why did you put another 500 on this car that took us off strategy? Because now the asset, the investment we've made in this asset isn't going to get the return that we wanted to get. So we're really focused on all three aspects, people, process, and technology, um, because I think only bringing all three together is where you're going to get really big movement in performance. 100%. You can't do one without the other, even though I do, do see a lot of dealerships attempting to do that. You know, they think that I can just buy that piece of technology. April, I'm sure you've seen this happen. I'm just going to buy that trade-in widget. I'm just going to throw it on my website, and we are now in the acquisition business. So, <laughs> April, I'd love to get your thoughts. People process tech when it comes to vehicle acquisition. All right. So, I think you had mentioned when we kicked this off <laughs> that, like, Sean is your brother from another mother. He just might be my brother from another mother um, because I love I love everything that, you, that he had to say. And, and part of Thank it you. really is genuinely the people. So, people buy from people people service from people that they like. So if we can go back again to some foundational situation and say, hey, if I can train staff members now that want to stay with us, people will always give that person the opportunity first. People call me first. I sold Toyotas for 15 years. I don't have a Toyota store. Those Toyota customers call me first. They're more loyal to me than they are to a brand, than they are to a dealership. And when we start understanding and investing in our people first, we will start to see that. Then you start to look at that full value of a customer. So where's the easy spot to get a, to get a vehicle acquisition right now that we've always missed, we've always talked about, <laughs> and we still miss, and that's in our service department. But if I have a sales department that sticks and a service department that sticks, now you have people caring about people underneath the dealership roof, which now creates this, what we call that customer value, lifetime value of a customer. And I don't have to overpay and have a negative ROI for that acquisition. Everyone, I'm going to go against the grain right now, right? Everyone's jumping in the lake now of a vehicle acquisition. I don't like to jump in when everyone else is there because that creates negative ROI. That means I'm going at that last point when I should have been talking to this customer the day I sold them a car. That's when vehicle acquisition should start is the day they actually bought their last vehicle from you. And that's where I feel like right now everyone's missing it because as a group of, of an industry, we are so reactive versus proactive because we don't want to see the force through the trees. We want instant gratification and we're doing it right now. So a lot hasn't changed because that's exactly what we're doing right now. When we throw all this stuff on our website, when we say, Hey, we're going to switch all our marketing to fixed ops and deal, you know, vehicle acquisition. Okay. We should have been doing this all along. We should have started from the beginning. That's the biggest concern that I have right now, quite frankly. Um, you know, last year, dealers had record profitability in the used car department. We've seen in the first quarter of this year, those profits per car retail start to decline. And last year, I think, quite frankly, a lot of the processes and, and, and technology that's been put in place is in many ways the data is starting to get ignored when everything is going so well yep. <laughs> so bad purchases can be masked because it's going to be you know i can list it at a higher retail price next week because that's what the market's been doing with the lack of supply that's a good so point. The, these market masking effects are going to start to rear their ugly head as we go through the rest of 2022 mm -hmm. yeah that's a great point and, and what what you know to, to follow suit i think that 
especially now i mean we're, we've been we're all like at 20 plus years in the industry mm -hmm. right so we've seen our share of, of, of times but um i think right now um as a as strategy i think we need it's my opinion of course but i i think we need it's the time for more leaders and less managers I think managers yeah, are point. important. I know this is wrong to do yeah. during a podcast, but I have to stand up and just give my friend a high five. Just have to do that. I just say, you know, um, yeah, and, and we know each other, yes. but I'm a, I'm a very big proponent of people development. Very, very big. Uh, manage the data, coach the people. It's my slogan for my company. Manage the data, coach the people. Do not use the data to discipline people. Use the data to develop them, right? Um, we were talking about career paths earlier. I'm very heavily into emotional intelligence, the EQ mm -hmm. aspect. Um, April was mentioning it before. I mean, buying a vehicle is an emotional experience. For sure. Yet we're always at, we're always looking at things from from a binary numbers kind of perspective. And don't get me wrong, the numbers are important, but the numbers should be used to calculate your trajectory. We should be more concerned with our trajectory than with the results, because as as what Tim was saying, the data right now, especially in in, in the environment that we find ourselves in, there's such volatility. Oh yes, 100%. I mean everything is changing every two months. Whereas before, you know, you you could project the next six seven months because we had some stability. But right now, I think the name of the game would be, and I hate to use the word because everybody's using pivot, but just have a plan, but just don't be anchored. You know, kind I, of I just agree. be flexible and 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 move forward in in this acquisition and and get into into the service uh, drive like we were saying. Um, I mean, for the first time ever <laughs> in our industry. We were deemed an essential service. Right, mm -hmm. right. Something I mean, else. I'm so excited to hear that because what was open during the hardest times, the hospitals, the supermarkets, and the service department. Mm -hmm. yep. That's incredible. So whatever responsibility we now have towards our communities and our societies, um, you know, instead of having those upgrade sales, why don't we have downgrade sales? Right. There we Unfortunately, go. Uh, what the, <laughs> the pandemic has also caused is the, the level of, of, of divorces have went up, the level of splits went up. So we're going to need even more vehicles and we have to be more cognizant with regards to people's emotional states. And are you like scared? I mean, question for you, Sean. Are yeah. you you mentioned you know the turnover rate being somewhere around forty seven percent? Forty seven percent, right? So is am I the only one who's looking at all of our staff right now and thinking that that number is going to almost double in the next year to two years? Because when you know we talk about our history and we've all been here for a very long time. I go back to, you know, 2007 mm -hmm. when anyone could sell a car and they made great money, but when they had to do the things they didn't want to do, then the grass was greener and the hop started to happen. Oh, and wow. a lot of people either hopped to another store and yeah. hopped to another store or they left automotive completely because they were like, oh, this is how much money I make and I do this and I don't have to work hard and I can do all these things. And they go and they buy, you know, boats and houses and they do all these <laughs> things. And now we're gonna lose so many people out of automotive when we've worked finally so hard to get some great talent in this business. Yeah. And I'm fearful with this next generation that we're gonna I, lose a lot yeah, of people. I think that's a concern, yes. right? So we have always had high turnover in our industry, but. Um, with the great resignation, we now are competing with other industries outside of automotive for the people that we have in our in our stores. So um, it, it, there's a lot more competition and a lot more options available as everybody's struggling with uh, employee retention and yeah, finding good sure. quality people. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 to your point, April, um, if you're going to make an omelet, 
got to break a few eggs, right? So <laughs> I think, un unfortunately, this had to happen. Um, I think um, for, for decades, our, our industry, and, and I love the industry, don't get me wrong, but I think for decades, uh, I refer to it as cognitive dissonance. Uh, the people at the top were just, this is the, the way they saw things. And we were all yelling at them like, no, this is not how we do it. And then look at what happened, right? So whether you like it or not, now we are forced to change regardless of how you feel, regardless of your budget. And uh, yeah, no, moving forward. Um, it's going to be an acquisition it's game. It's going to be not, an acquisition it's not, it's not, it's game. It's not just acquisition game. Acquisition of, employs it well. That's right. That's and I love, and I love this theme. Well. I love this theme that we got going on here, guys, because it is, it's, you know, start, we start off with the acquisition of vehicle. I love the segue that we've kind of taken into of, like, look, when the, the getting's good, the getting's good, right? But once, once you're actually having to go back and, you know, really push hard and dig you know, for those opportunities, yeah. you know, it's like I, I heard a stat from one of the CRMs recently that it was like over 35% of the leads that come in are on sold units, mm -hmm. right? And the response is like, thank you, it's sold. You know, and that's the extent of it, right? And it's so easy. It is so easy right now, but it gets a little harder. So let's talk about that. I, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation. So I'm going to kind of finish off this last question of, you know, how do we acquire that new talent? What do we say? I mean, look, I generally... I, and we all love this industry, right? We're, you can tell we're incredibly passionate about this industry. But I think from the outside world, most people are not passionate. No one's waking up going, I want to be in the automotive industry. All right, so I'd love to kind of get each unique perspective of what we kind of maybe need to change, you know, uh, to acquire new talent. Uh, April, I'll start with you and I'll work my way down to Sean. Well, you know, one of the statements that I love most is the idea of take care of your customers who take or take care of your employees who take care of your customers and your customers will take care of your business. And that is probably one of my most favorite quotes that I genuinely believe in. We tell our sales staff to go out there and have empathy toward our customers, right? And this is how you sell. Yet as a management team, we don't give the empathy to our staff in that same way. So practice what we preach. I think that's the biggest and best thing we can do is to actually treat our employees the way we expect our employees to treat our customers. Mm -hmm. And it, can't, it doesn't have to be bigger than that. If I train them, I care about them, I hold them accountable, I individualize them so they don't feel like they're a different person. You know, I, I like to equate it to how do you take care of your kids, right? Do I, do I have two kids, one that gets A's without trying, and I get somebody else, you know, my other child maybe struggles to get the C. When they get a B, should I be like, still not an A, still not an A? No, you want to celebrate people individually and make sure you're getting the best out of them individually. And then they know you actually care about them. And it doesn't mean you let them walk over you. It doesn't mean you don't have, you know, bedtimes and stuff, right? You got to have some stability to the whole thing. But I just, I don't think it has to be overcomplicated. And I feel like as an industry, that's something we really do is we overcomplicate everything. Make it simple. Just take care of people. That's right. It's people business. Let's actually be people. Yes. <laughs> yes. Randy, for yourself. You know, I, I think just in this short conversation, you probably realized I'm a data guy. So yes. I would want to start with the data. And there's so many simple resources you can go to to create an employee engagement survey and ask That's your employees like how they feel. Yes. Um, what areas do they need uh, additional support or help in? Um, so I would want to start there. And then I think the real opportunity that we have is, you know, regardless of how the biggest of the big dealer groups get all the press, 
we're still a family-owned industry. You know, the, the average dealer has, you know, 2.1 rooftops. Um, so because we're a family-owned type of business, um, we have the flexibility to create unique career paths. And, you know, the younger generation today, really, you, they talk about the gig economy. They, they are always doing these side hustles. And I think what I love about that and about the younger generation is that we can create those opportunities for them inside our stores. Ooh, I like that. Right? Yeah. Go do something in fixed ops for the next three months. Go do something in the BDC mm-hmm. for the next three months. We have this opportunity to create these general managers over time because that's what they're looking for outside of their day-to-day work. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Sean, you want to bring us home there? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So so I'll start off with this. <laughs> um, in order to do business with us, we need to make it sexy. Ah, so right. in like order that. to attract the right people, we need to make it sexy. How are we going to compete with the Googles? How are we going to compete with the Amazons? Mm-hmm. We've for far too long just thrown money and bonuses at it. But with the new generation that's coming up, it's more about time and, and working from home community and, and, and yes. community and what have you balance so so it's about having the conversation it's not it, I, I think it's about reaching out um to the people that can help mm-hmm. not thinking that you have to do it on your own but yeah i, I think uh like like april said i mean to attract uh, people, we have to. We just have to make it fun again. We stopped yes. having fun <laughs> at some point in this industry. When I love data, you know, you know <laughs> I me. Mean? I'm data, but you know what I mean. Like we stopped having fun at, at some point. So um, I'm, I'm all for going from a hierarchy to more networks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's about hiring people, smart people, and just getting out of their way. Just let them do it. Manage the data, coach the people, but they know what they want to do, and I, I, I think they want to have as a certain flexibility. They're, they don't want to be micromanaged. Uh, look, I, I think you guys bring up all great valid points of how we can attract um, new talent to them. I mean, look, when it's it's from building networks and communities, from you know listening listening to our staff and really you know collecting those data points of why do they like doing this, and can we kind of reverse engineer you know that data into a message that other people would be interested in and then just the commitment to the developing of the people you know it's like look i i want to know if i come into this place that i got this is not a job this is a career path how are you going to develop me as an individual i remember one of the first jobs i ever took i took a i took a job with radio shack why because there was there was an article in a forbes magazine that my father gave to me when i was a teenager that said they had the best mark uh, manager training program in the country all right, equivalent to a college education, and they would actually pay you to do it. So I went there, and that's what I did. Um, but 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 no, it's a great point, though, right? You don't hear stuff like that come from the automotive space, but I definitely think we could. You know, like we we can create that amazing PR. It's not something that we talk about. Yeah, you know, I would agree, and and I think some of the the most um, innovative dealerships that that I talk to. Um, are trying to create those opportunities, right? Yes. I mean, college isn't for everybody. No. Um, and one of the real opportunities that, you know, people coming out of college that have technical ability is to go into to service, be a service technician. Mm-hmm. The, the market needs so many service technicians right now. And, you know, some of the dealerships that I've talked to in order to create those opportunities, they go to career day at their high school in town where their stores are, and they, uh, you know, hire them and train them and buy their tools, and I'll do all this for you if you spend five years at my store. So they're very proactive in trying to bring people into the exactly. industry. 
Well, and then investing in in their education. So you look at Digital Dealer, and we were having a lot of conversations yesterday as we're wrapping up the last day here, and why are the OEMs not here? Why are the OEMs not sponsoring the Sean's and April's of the world, the next generation, to help educate them to that next level so that we all do work together to build a good foundation? Instead, we, we fight and scratch and claw to get you know a dealer principal here because they're the one that signs the check, but do they know how the tech works? They need their people people that build the process to be here with them getting the education which is what makes this conference I think stand out against the rest yet I know that me coming early on is 100% gave me a leg up in everything I do every day and it's the the OEMs and the dealerships that stand behind their people to educate them that is key 100% guys this has been an absolute amazing conversation thank you guys so much for taking the time to jam with me today this has been a blast Thank Thanks, you very Jason. much. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Jason. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Yachtcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.